Well, I'm excited to share the word with you today. You got to meet my crazy buddy, Pastor Joey, last week from, uh, he's a missionary to a foreign country uh, called Philadelphia. Um, and if you uh, missed it, you should go back and listen to his message. He's an amazing speaker and, uh, and just an incredible, incredible pastor. So um, I'm going to kind of tie in a little bit to what he was talking about. I didn't know, I'd actually had developed the message the Lord had shown me, uh, the message uh, that I was going to speak, and I didn't realize how perfect it tied in with what he spoke about last week. But if you missed it, go back and check it out and all these messages on the Holy Spirit. You know, talking about the Holy Spirit is something that is a lot of times rare in churches uh, around our nation uh, and in even different parts of the world because people don't want to run people off. But the Holy Spirit was one of the most important things that Jesus talked about the last hours of Jesus's life. The Holy Spirit was his number one topic because the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of the finished work of Jesus Christ. God in in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit living in us. And it comes with all kinds. The Holy Spirit comes with all kinds of benefits, all kinds of gifts, all kinds of special um, parts that come with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is a gift that is for every generation. It does not cease. It doesn't expire. Um, When we get to heaven, that's when perfection comes. When we arrive in heaven for all eternity, the Bible says that in heaven, only faith, hope, and love remain. The essence of who God is, that's what remains in heaven. And we'll be living in the presence of God. We won't have any need for um, the different expressions because we'll be living in a place of perfection. There's no more need for healing. There's no more need for deliverance. There's no more need for provision. There's no more need for any of the different things because everything will be perfect. We'll be living in the presence of God. But until then, we need access to everything God has in heaven here on earth. And that's how Jesus taught us to pray. He said that we should pray for your kingdom come come, your will be done just like it is in heaven here on the earth. That's how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to be conduits of heaven to earth. You're supposed to be the channel, the gateway of heaven into the earth. That's an amazing thing. When you meet people and they have a need, you're supposed to be the gateway for heaven to flow through into that need. When you meet people that need prayer, when you meet people that need healing, when you need people, meet people that need their family restored, you have access to the windows of heaven opening and God's goodness flowing into your life. Have you ever, I was walking around downtown McKinney the other day and um, I'm responsible for making sure the bills get paid here at this building and um, we're very serious about our air conditioner. Praise the holy Lord in all of heaven. Our air conditioner got fixed. Can you feel a little difference? Finally, after about six weeks, uh, our, all of our offices, everyone here was just dying that works here throughout the week because our offices have been like 800 degrees. But I was walking in downtown McKinney and all of the businesses, uh, not all of them, but a number of them, you would walk past and they have their doors wide open and air conditioning just flowing out. Just like you, I'm like, oh my, it's so cold. It feels amazing. And I'm sitting there going, why? Why are these people air conditioning all of Texas? They're paying the bill. They leave the door propped open. And I thought it's because the, they, they want you to feel the condition of the environment inside. So you'll leave this hellscape of hotness on the outside and walk into the cool condition of their, of their environment. And guys, that's what Jesus did. When Jesus came, he brought heaven to earth and he, he, he opened the opportunity for us to experience the condition of heaven. And that's why everyone that he 
touched got healed. Everyone got delivered. Everyone got saved. Everyone got provided for. Every single thing that they needed, they would walk into the presence of Jesus and instantly they would receive whatever they need because that's what heaven is like. Amen? And Jesus taught us to pray His kingdom come, his will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. We are supposed to be people that are so full of faith, so consumed and so convinced with what God has said that we are ready and willing to help people find access to that condition. We're supposed to be so convinced that we have that type of access to the condition of heaven that every problem that we run into here on earth, we don't freak out about it like people that don't have God. We access the condition of heaven because our heavenly father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and we have access to anything and everything we need. There's nothing we lack. But a lot of times, Jesus, the Bible says, or God said, my people die for lack of knowledge. Sometimes we don't take access or ownership of the stuff that God purchased for us through the blood of Jesus because we simply don't believe it's available. And this topic of hearing the voice of God is one of them. There are many, many people across many denominations. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say probably a billion and a half people that consider themselves Christians on the planet don't feel like they have access to hear the voice of God for themselves. It's a dirty trick that both the enemy has played and religion has played on the people of God. I'm going to walk you through scripture after scripture that's going to help you see and know and understand the full will of God for you individually to know the voice of your heavenly father and hear it for yourself. Are you okay with that? See, what religion would do is religion would position themselves in a place to say, I'm up on this stage because I'm simply chosen and I have access to something that you don't have access to. So keep coming and serving and giving and all the different things so that maybe I'll spill over some of the goodness of what I have because I'm just so much more special. That's what religion has done for thousands of years, but that's not the message of Jesus Christ and that's not the message of Oaks Church. Amen? The message of Jesus Christ in the message of Oaks Church is that you have access to all of the goodness of God and nobody is more special than you are. We're all chosen, we're all called, and we all have been given access to the presence of the living God, to the voice of the living God, to the breath of the living God. We've all been given access to the same Holy Spirit. I loved that I grew up in a Holy Spirit type church and in children's ministry, they taught us about the presence of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they had this saying, they would say all the time that there's no junior Holy Spirit. When a child gets filled with the Holy Spirit, they get filled with the same Holy Spirit that you have. And they have access to the, have you ever had your kids like say something and you're like, what the heck? And it's like God speaking through your kid. You want to smack them who you think you are. And God speaks the same Holy Spirit. And oftentimes, because their faith is more pure and less jaded, they have access to God in an amazing way. I'll tell you one of the most, bye. Um, one of the most incredible experiences I ever had was, was when my daughter, Sydney, was about six years old. And I got in trouble on this occasion because um, she decided we were in the hot tub out back and she starts asking about uh, the, being baptized and, and, and asking about getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and she's five and six and asking these questions. And so I, said, I began to explain it to her. She goes, I'm going to get baptized right now. So I baptized her without her mom being around. <laughs> 
right there in the hot tub. And I got in trouble for that one. So I would not recommend that. Mom wanted to be there for that moment. Um, but but um, then she wanted to baptize me. And to be baptized by my six-year-old little baby girl was one of the most powerful moments of my life because it was so pure, it was so beautiful. There's something that you have access to. Many of you know it, many of you tapped into it, but, but I want you to understand there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no bottom to the depth of the goodness of God. There's always more for you to discover in the presence of God. You understand that? We have an infinite father. So no matter how spiritually deep you think you are, there's more. And no matter where you may feel like you're, I'm just pure, I'm just whatever, there's deeper. And God is calling and he's beckoning you to come to a deeper place with him. Amen? So how do we know the voice of God? How can we recognize the voice of God? There are certain people, right? There are certain actors. Um, the second we hear their voice, Morgan Freeman instantly know his voice, Right? Uh, uh, what's the James Earl Jones? Remember that? I mean, there's certain voices, they're just so distinct. You just know their voice, right? I used to mess with my wife when we first got married and she would call me and this is pre-caller ID, right? So I answer the phone. I hear her voice. I obviously know it's her. I would say, who's this? And I would just mess with her. And I would do it all the time. Just like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't know who this is. Um, and she would like, you know, you better know who this is. And when I felt really rowdy, I would, I would pretend like, like she was my, my girlfriend. I'm like, you're not supposed to call me on this phone. I've told you my wife checks these messages. I would, and she's like, you better shut your mouth. I don't do that one anymore. That one didn't come across very well. So uh, anyway, I don't recommend that one. But, but I just would mess with her all the time. And obviously I know her voice. And how do I know her voice? Because we spend time together, countless hours right? You remember being a teenager and, and having a crush and you're on the phone or being early twenties and you would talk to the, on the phone forever. And you'd be like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Right. It's like three in the morning, right? I mean, just talking for hours. Now it's like 28 years of marriage. It's like quicker, quicker. Let's go. You know, I mean, just hurry it up. You know, <laughs> it's a little different. It used to be, um, except for when she's in the mood to talk and then she's recovering from surgery. So I have to be extra, extra nice right now, but I want to give you a praise report. She has been so sweet that I mean, I haven't even been tempted to smother her. Not even once. She's been so sweet. She's four weeks into recovery from uh, her neck surgery, three discs now fused titanium plate, uh, in there in a cage and whatever. And she's doing much better. She's, she's got about maybe a couple hours of energy at a time. And then she's back in, I mean, she just really struggles uh, with uh, her energy levels and she's just still pretty wiped out, but she'll be back soon. She's doing really, really well. And um, praise God, I hadn't burned the house down, not even on the 4th of July. We're doing all right. Um, but, but we know people's voice because of how much time we've spent in their presence. So w when my dad calls, instantly I know my dad's voice, Right? Because I, I've spent so much time with him, I know his voice. But not only do I know his voice, I know the types of things he would say. I know the types of things my wife would say and the types of things she wouldn't say. And you could come to me and say, hey, your wife said this. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was definitely her. Or I would say, no, that's, my wife would never say that. There's no way. So, so how about this? If someone came to me and said, hey, I was talking to your dad, Ken, and Ken told me this to tell to you. I would be like, uh, who are you? Um, I talk to my dad. I'll call my dad right now. I don't need you to be the middleman. Uh, I, I, have ac I have access to my dad. I don't need my dad to give you a message to give to me. I'll talk to him myself. 
And I would know instantly if the person is telling me something he would say or not say because I know my dad. Well, honestly, guys, that's, that's how I feel a little bit about the presence of God. And, and, and I'm not saying, listen, God uses prophets. God uses prophecy. But in this, in this modern day and age, when the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, and the Bible says that the number one thing, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh, and the sons and the daughters would prophesy. What that means is that you're supposed to be operating in that gift for yourself and for your family. And the only reason that I need or you need someone else to come and get a prophetic word is if you've not been disciplined or diligent enough to talk to your father yourself and hang out with him enough yourself. You should come to church so full that every time I preach or whoever gets up here to preach, you're like, amen, that's what he told me this week too. Because we're talking to the same Jesus, we're hanging out with the same Lord, and whatever I say is a confirmation of your experience and your time with the Father, because you have the same access that I have. I'm not more special than you, okay? And I need you to recognize, this is so important, the, the only difference between someone who's extremely confident and, and, and walks in the power of declaring what God says, and someone who doesn't, is discipline. I am a very flawed individual, lots of, lots of issues. I need Jesus just as bad as everybody else. But I have one really, really, really good habit. One habit that wrecked my life, changed my life forever. And it's that every single day of my life, my number one priority is to connect to God. That's it. That's it. One priority, connect to God. Make a connection with the Father through the Holy Spirit. I can connect through reading my Bible. In fact, reading my Bible is the number one way that I can know guaranteed I'm going to hear the voice of God because it's right there in print, okay? And it's, it's a dangerous thing to try to be someone who speaks on God's behalf if you haven't had the discipline to read what he's already said. I mean, he spent uh, like... I, I, you know, I think 1,600 years and 40 different authors to write 66 different books that somehow by the miraculous work of God all sound like they're written by the same author because the Holy Spirit carried along these holy men of old and showed them exactly what to write. I've read the Quran. I've read uh, the Book of Mormon. I've even read the Satanic Bible. I've read different portions of lots of different ancient writings and the uh, different uh, scriptures and things of that nature. And you can hear a different voice the author is not the same I mean anyone that likes to read you find a certain author that you love their style and you read all of their books right and then you find another author and you find and you find you love their voice you love that it's the same thing with your heavenly father but the difference and the distinction is is your father did not just write 66 books and shut up he still speaks. He's a living, breathing creator of the universe. He still speaks, and he wants to have interaction with you. In the Bible, this is one of the greatest lies that the enemy ever told, is that when the scriptures were canonized, that that's when perfection came, and that's the only way you hear God is only through his scriptures. That's the only way God will communicate, and in fact, it has to be the right version, or it's not really him communicating. If you read the wrong verse, come on. Is God that petty? Is God that limited? 
Do we forget that it was thousands of years of human experience with no Bible? Yet God communicated to people all around the world with no Bible? But now, the only way to access him is through one book that's not even legal to own in Tajikistan. Or is God so much bigger that that one miraculous, incredible, please don't hear me saying anything negative. I love my Bible. It's the number one thing I read. People ask me to read books all the time. I don't have time to read anything else hardly. I read my Bible. It's the most important book I can read. It's the most important source of information I can ever read. I love, I love, I love, I love my Bible. But the Bible is your cross-section of what God would say so you can learn his voice and springboard off into a deeper relationship where you have communication with him that's beyond the Bible. It doesn't contradict the Bible. The Bible confirms the voice that the Holy Spirit will lead you by because God won't contradict himself. So when you hear prophecy, it says to test prophecy. The way you do that is you look back at what you know God has already said and measure what you feel like he's saying according to what he's already said. And if it contradicts it, you know it's not true. So anytime and every time someone comes and says, oh, well, here's what God is, and now God is actually approving of this, and God says, this is okay now, and God says, well, what does the Bible say? What does the New Testament say? What does the, the early church uh, you know, uh, historians say? Th- that's, that's how you know. God doesn't contradict himself. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he would reveal himself to and have communication with his children before there was a Bible and he hasn't changed. Amen? Let me take you to a couple passages here. John chapter 16. This is Jesus talking. I have so much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Jesus himself said that his followers, his disciples would have access to his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit would speak to us and we would hear what his spirit is speaking to us and he would lead us into all truth. He would, another passage here, uh, John chapter 14, 25 says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I ever said to you. That's an amazing promise from Jesus. That's an incredible promise that he's given us this gift of supernatural communication. The Holy Spirit is a supernatural gift of divine communication. Every single one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, I said a couple weeks ago, are voice activated. Tongues, the interpretation of tongues, prophecy, 
uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, all of the different gifts, the gift of the discerning of spirits, all of the different gifts, the gift of miracles, every single one. When Jesus did anything, he would speak to people and things would happen. He would command things. They were all voice activated, every single one of them. It's about divine communication. And your enemy, the devil, wants to convince you that you don't have access to that anymore or wants to convince you that, well, Joel has that gift and Tyler has that gift and Christian has, but God didn't give me that gift. That's not true. The gift is the Holy Spirit. That is the gift. And the gift has all kinds of different facets. It has all kinds of different parts. It has all types of different properties to it. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you receive the entire package. All of it. All of it. And yes, there are certain people that have a natural desire or a natural propensity toward certain types of things. They just have a hunger toward certain types of things. But every single one of you who have been given the Holy Spirit have access to all of the Holy Spirit. So every gift of the Spirit, you can operate in and walk in as you need it. You don't have to be like, well, I only got this one. No, that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. You've received the entire Holy Spirit and every single one of his disciples operated in all kinds of gifts. None of them operated in one. You look at the apostles, you look at the disciples, you look at the B team, you look at Stephen and Philip, the B team, you look at the C team, you look at the people that came down, next generation, next generation. They all were operating in gifts of faith, gifts of miracles, gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues. All of them, they were operating in all kinds of things. And it's important to recognize that you still have access to the very best gifts that God has. The problem is not everyone is disciplined enough to cultivate the relationship. We are a lazy culture. We don't want to wait on anything. We want instant everything. We were raised by George Jetson. My wife and I, when we built our house a number of years ago, we bought this special kind of microwave that's it's literally like the Jetsons microwave. It can do everything. It can, it's a microwave that can grill a steak. It can make five baked potatoes fully cooked because it's not just a microwave. It's got a heat lamp and it's got this, all these different faculties and it's a convection oven. It's got all these different things and you can, I can put metal inside of this microwave and it won't explode. I can cook baked potatoes in 12 minutes fully cooked and they're not microwaved. They're, they taste just like out of an oven. It's amazing. Now I would never cook a steak in a microwave because that is not godly just not the will of God ever. Gotta have smoke on that thing, right? But we want everything faster. So now we don't want to go through the drive-through at Starbucks. We want to use the app when we're 10 minutes away. So when we get there, it's already ready because I don't want to wait for anything. I want everything easier. I want everything faster. I want everything now. I heard this funny comedian. He was talking about the whole Amazon and then Amazon Prime and how, I mean, isn't it the coolest thing? You can order something and it shows up sometimes by the end of the day. 
And he, this comedian, I don't know his name or whatever, but he literally said something about how there's going to be like an Amazon future or whatever. It's like, I'm going to go ahead and order this and it's going to show up in the future. And I just want, and it's just how it just keeps, you know, progressing or whatever, because it's never fast enough. Want it now, 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 now. But the reality is anything great in life that you will ever accomplish, it's going to take your effort. It's going to take your effort. You're going to have to put time into it. And the reality is, is that we have a culture, even in the church, that has become a consumer culture. It's a consumer-based culture. And it's just feed me and feed me now. And it's gotten so bad that there are pastors that don't even dig their own well anymore. They get their messages from someone else. And it's literally, it's frozen dinners from someone else. And it's like regurgitated, expired, pre-chewed, and then they're baby burden it to you. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> People all around the city just, ah, ah, ah. Baby burden. The Bible, the Bible talks about God's voice is, is the river of life. Jesus said, I will give you a drink and you'll never thirst again. I mean, if you were really thirsty, like really thirsty, like gonna die in the desert, you, you, you might take a little, like a, a little baby bird water. Somebody gets it and then brings it to you. And then, I mean, that's disgusting. I mean, some of us grew up drinking straight out of a, a, a garden hose. Remember a garden hose? That's a, the water, bottles of water. I remember thinking nobody would pay for water. It's right there in the hose. It's going to buy a bottle, right? Now it's like, I can't, that's tap water. I would never, I, I mean, it has to be reverse osmosisized or whatever it needs to be for me to, I, and we're so, but I'm telling you guys, I don't want you living your Christian experience. If you live your Christian experience and the only meal you get and the only voice you hear is baby birded from me, I have failed at my job. I want you to hear the voice of God as you hear the voice of God. But I'm telling you, I've cultivated this relationship for 30 plus years. Since my late teens, I started focusing on hearing the voice of God and having my own genuine relationship and getting revelation from my father. I never, I told you my number one habit every day is to spend time with God. It's not legalistic at all. No legalism. The only thing is I must connect to God. One day it might be listening to worship. Just, just listening to worship. Another day, I'm, gonna, it's, I'm, I'm in the Bible, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm just, I'm studying, I'm digging, I'm looking at questions. And, and, and this is the big thing, guys. I never read my Bible to be a good Christian. I only read my Bible to know my Father. And when I read my Bible, I ask questions and ask the Holy Spirit to teach me. And, and I connect. That's why it says when you pray, don't pray with your spirit only, but pray with your understanding. Connect the Holy Spirit and the understanding together when you seek the presence of God. Because God wants you to know him more than you want him to know. More than you want to know him. He, 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 want, he, has a, he has a desire to connect with you because he's a loving father. See, my dad and mom, Ken and Jean Scribner, they, they, they can't wait to talk to me because they're good parents. And how much more your heavenly father? 
That's what Jesus said. In fact, when, when I moved out, um, when I was 21, I got married and I moved out. I, was, I, was, I wanted to move out all of my teen years until finally I got saved and then Jesus changed my life and I quit being a jerk and I finally started getting along with my parents when I was 18 years old. Imagine that. And so now I'm like, why would I move out now? We all get along. And I got my little basement apartment over here and everything's good. So I saved my money and I worked, my, ran my business and worked my job and went to college. And then I met Jennifer at 20 and we got married at 21. And when I moved out of my parents' basement at 21 years of age, I moved into Jennifer's apartment that was 400 square feet, the tiniest little apartment, 400 square feet. My garage is bigger than the entire apartment, right? It's just this tiny little thing. And so, but that's where we moved into. And it was just this, this incredible experience of, of going and living somewhere else. And I remember my mom, like three or four weeks later, calls and, and she's like, hey, are you alive? Because I'm having so much fun. I never called my parents. I just left, got married and left and never called again. I mean, listen, your, my daughter, Sydney, goes off to college in August, in just a few weeks, and I fully expect her to not call me until her bank account bounces. I, she's gone. She is so gone, and I'm going to wait and wait, and finally, I'm going to withdraw a bunch of money and let her card not work. I'm going to freeze her Amex and let things not work, and then she's going to call me desperately, like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear from you. Because I want to talk to her more than she wants to talk to me. Well, here's another one of the lies. God doesn't want to talk to me because I haven't been living for him. Let me ask you this question. Any parent, when your kid is off the path, you want access to them. You want to talk to them. You want to find a way to pull them back on the path. So that you want to talk to them more than ever when they're off the path. And how much more your heavenly father. We've got all these misconceptions and one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's hard to hear God. The reality is, it's your natural language. This is how Jesus put it. John chapter 10, verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know my father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. In my late teens and early 20s, I, I, was, um, I became obsessed with connecting to God. It became this addiction for me. And, and my relationship was very real. It was very um, uh, raw. Um, I, I, when, my, when I prayed, I called God big guy. Big guy. I had, this, I had a little rebellious edge. And I, and I think God kind of thought it was funny. That's my personal opinion. Because I did the same thing with my, with my dad. When I was 14, I quit calling my dad anything but pops. And I would say, yo, pops. And I was doing it out of disrespect honestly, because I was a rebellious little butt. But my dad loved me so much, he just embraced the name and wouldn't become offended at it. 
And to this day, every single grandkid calls him Pops. See, I've heard Christians that are so stupid that they think, and I mean that, I mean that with all my heart. If you're one of these Christians and this is how you think, you're stupid. (laughs) With all my heart. They think that unless you call Jesus Yeshua, there's no power in his name. And the only way you can pray properly is if you use the ancient Hebrew name or he won't respond and there's no power in it. That is absolutely the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That puts God in a position of being absolutely petty, ridiculous, small-minded. It, 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 it just, it's, it's just idiotic. I'm sorry. If my dad loved me so much that he would embrace my rebellion and accept a term as endearing that I meant to be offensive. Yet the God of the universe loves us less than my earthly dad? That goes against the words of Jesus Christ himself. It's just dumb to think that God is petty, that God is small, that God gets easily offended. If he was easily offended, all y'all would be dead already. (laughs) Christians can be so dumb sometimes. We think we know so much. We think we're so expert on so many things. It's just silly. It's easy to hear from God. You just have to learn how to tune in. You have to learn how to recognize his voice. I said it earlier. Number one way to learn the voice of God is memorizing scripture because God will never, he will never contradict what he's already said. Ever. So we memorize scripture. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus, when he came up against Satan, one-on-one with Satan, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He declared the word of the father and he defeated Satan because he had the word hidden in his heart. Memorizing scripture, massively important. Every single one of us should do it. But it's our springboard into a deeper relationship where God can say things to you that aren't in the scripture, but they mesh with scripture. Because the Bible itself said that if every single thing that Jesus ever did and said was recorded, that all the libraries and all the books in all the world could not contain the works and the words of Jesus Christ in three years while he was on the planet. So the Bible itself says it's a cross section. It's a litmus test. It does not limit God in any way, shape, or form. It gives us an access point to start so that we can know him at a higher level. Does that make sense? So when I was moving into this place of learning the voice of God, and and guys, I know I get carried away and I get a little aggressive sometimes. I'm sorry. Not really. I'm just kidding. All right. So anyway, as I'm learning, I'm not sorry. Made up a fighter. God picked a fighter for crying out loud. He picked a fighter to be a preacher. He must be nuts. He's crazy for doing that. I am, man, Listen. I need him bad. Don't cut me off in traffic. You'll see a new Pastor Joel, different Pastor Joel. That's Pastor Joel after hours. Might follow you to your house. You don't know. Be praying in tongues the whole time. Asking the Lord to help you with temptation for ripping you out of your truck. Uh, You don't know. (laughs) I need him bad. Okay. 
But, but I, in my 20s, I started reading, the Lord led me to read the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. And for a year and a half, the only thing I read were the Old Testament prophets. And the reason that the Lord led me to do that was because he was teaching me how to prophesy. And if you read the prophets, you'll see every single one of them, God took the prophets on a journey. Go and read them for yourself. He took the prophets on a journey. He taught each and every one of them how to hear his voice and how to do what he said. And each of them, he gave them like like experiments and he gave them assignments. It was really amazing to do that. So after a year and a half of that and studying the prophets and learning all about this, all along the Lord, I, I kept having these feelings like I was supposed to go and say something to someone. And it, it, I would like hear this voice inside that's like, hey, go and tell this person that I love them. Hey, go over there and pray for that. And I would be in the grocery store or I would be in the park or, or I would be at, at a PTA meeting or whatever it was. And the Lord is literally leading me to go and say something. And every single time I would talk myself out of it and I would say, that's just me. That's just making, I'm just making that up. That's ridiculous. I, I, every single time I would talk my way out of it. And finally... The Lord started asking me a question. Every time I would say that, that's just me. I'm just making that up. This is what I would hear on the inside. Are you my sheep or not? It would break my heart. I'm saying, yes, I'm your sheep. He'd say, then you do hear my voice. Now go and tell that person what I want to tell them. Every time, that's just me, that's just me. I'm just making that up, that's just me. Are you my sheep or not? Yes. Yes, I know I'm your sheep. Then you do hear my voice. Now go into, and I can't tell you the miracles that would happen, but God would mess with me because I'm a knucklehead. And he would pick the most inopportune times. It was a time I was training for my second marathon and I was, I was in the middle of a 12-mile run. I'm running through a park in Plano. It's, it's like 80 eight degrees outside. I'm nine miles into this run and I'm shirtless and I smell like a goat and I got nothing on but little runner shorts. And the Lord all of a sudden says, go and talk to that grandma and tell her how I feel about her. And I said, no, absolutely not. That is the creepiest, cringiest, naked, half naked guy coming up wanting to talk to somebody about Jesus. That is disgusting. I smell bad. There's no way, God, absolutely not. This is horrible timing. That's how he would mess with me. And and, and so, and I I told him no. And he kept that. I said, go tell her. I keep running. Go tell her, are you my she? And I'm like, I'm fine. Not mad. I'm mad. Fine. And I run back and I kind of circle around and I'm like, miss, ma'am, excuse me. And, you know, she's obviously startled, some random half-naked guy in a park sweating everywhere and smells like a goat and all this. And I'm I'm like, man, I I know this sounds crazy, but I just really feel like God wants me to give you a message. I, I feel like he wants me to pray for you. Are you open to that? And she's like, well, yes, I am. So I, I, I pray for her and I give her the message that I felt like God, and she literally is just weeping. And she's like, are you an angel? She asked me if I was an angel. And it was because I looked so good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I was disgusting. But, but she literally thought it was such an amazing, miraculous breakthrough for her that she almost didn't get to have that experience with the father because I was too insecure and cared too much about what someone else thought, I almost got in the way of God blessing her and her having an experience that just that blew her mind. 
See, there's a, there's a passage as I was studying these, um, these prophets, there was a passage that said when God was teaching Ezekiel, he told Ezekiel, if I tell you, go and tell that wicked man, if he does not repent, I'm going to kill him. And if you go and do it, and he repents, that's great. If he doesn't repent, when I kill him, your hands are clean from his blood. But if I tell you to go and tell that wicked man to repent or the Lord's going to kill him, and you don't go and say what I say, when I kill him, his blood is on your hands. That's the one that freaked me out. See, the apostle Paul said it like this. At the end of his life, he wrote in one of his epistles, he wrote, I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering. My hands are clean from the blood of all men, for I have boldly declared the full will of my father in heaven. How many times do we rob someone of what God wants to do for them through us by talking ourselves out of it when all the while we are his sheep and we do hear his voice. We look for uh, big signs. We want God to show up and do something big and really prove that it's him. In the Old Testament, Gideon did this thing called fleecing. He would put the fleece out and do the whole test and whatever. That's not a New Testament thing. It's an Old Testament thing. Elijah had an experience with him. Elijah was having a bad day. Jezebel was, was after Elijah. She had promised to kill him, to murder him, to assassinate him by the next day. So he goes into a suicidal depression. He had just called down fire from heaven. He had just killed 400 prophets of Baal. And now he's got this wicked, evil, demonic devil-worshiping queen threatening his life. And he goes into a suicidal depression for over 40 days. He wants to take his own life. And God leads him to a place and leads him through this journey um, to to the the mountain of God. And at that place, God says, I'm going to reveal myself to you. And in this suicidal depression for 40 days, all Elijah could say is, I'm no better than my forefathers. I'm the only one left. I'm all alone. And and I might as well be dead. I'm I'm no good alive. You might as well just kill me. He wanted to die. 40 days of suicidal depression. Finally, God says, I'm gonna reveal myself to you. Go to the edge of the the cave. I'm gonna reveal myself. Elijah takes and wraps his cloak over his face and goes to experience God. And the Bible says that God walked past and said that there was a giant earthquake, but it specifically says God was not in the earthquake. And then it said there was this powerful wind. It says, but God was not in the wind. Then it says that there was fire, this huge fire, it says, but God was not in the fire. All these big external things, all these big things of God, prove yourself to me. He's not in that. Then it says, but there was a gentle whisper. And God spoke to him in the gentle whisper. Guys, the big question is, what does the voice of God sound like? The voice of God sounds like a voice inside yourself. It sounds like it's coming from inside yourself because he lives in you. He lives in you. He doesn't speak from the outside of you. He speaks from the inside of you because he lives in you. And it's going to feel like you're making it up. But the way you know you're not is because you've memorized his scripture. 
And the, the voice that you're hearing from the inside meshes with and matches with who you know your father is because you've spent so much time getting to know him that that voice resonates with you. It sounds like you, but it's not you. I've had people that, that were praying and praying and praying and asking God to give them an answer, and then finally they got the answer, and they said, oh, I figured it out. No, you didn't, you bonehead. God was speaking to you. You didn't know it. You were too thick skulled to know it, so you prayed and asked, and then all of a sudden you miraculously figured it. No, God communicated to you. It's the voice of God. It's the voice of the good shepherd. You are his sheep, and he's communicating to you. You have to learn what his voice sounds like, and it's a gentle whisper that comes from the inside. Very rare, only a couple places in scripture is there an audible voice. Only a couple places. It's an inner experience. It's the voice of the creator who now lives inside of you, whispering to you. And I just want to encourage you to um, make a decision today to go on a journey with God and be disciplined enough in your daily life to do what I'm going to call wrestling with God, to wrestle with him. See, see, I feel like that's, that, that, that tenacity, the, 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 the fighter tenacity that I had, the competitor tenacity I had was kind of the secret sauce for me. I just wouldn't give up. I wanted to know him. 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 I just wouldn't give up. I wanted to know him. Well, in scripture, there's a place where there's a story of this guy named Jacob who has lived his entire life and he's had experiences with God. But, but, but he comes to a place where now he's afraid for his life. He's actually chosen by God. He's had multiple experiences he, he, with God, but he's afraid for his life because he's about to see his brother Esau for the first time in, in a decade or two. And, and he's, in his, his, Esau had sworn to murder him for stealing his birthright and his blessing. So Jacob is afraid. He sends his family across. He sends all these offerings ahead of him and he stays on the other side of the river all night. And, and it says that, that the Lord, it says an angel of the Lord, but theologians believe that it was actually a theophany. It was Jesus incarnate before he was ever born through the Virgin Mary. There, was, there were places in scripture where Jesus would appear and would experience and engage with mankind. And this is one of those places because the Bible, uh, in that moment when Jacob is wrestling, he wrestled all night long until Jesus uh, literally says, let go of me because Jacob was asking his name. What is your name? What is your name? And G the name of Jesus wasn't allowed to be known yet. So Jesus is, literally he says, let go of me for the day is breaking. And Jacob was so disciplined, so tenacious, so determined. He said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. And that's when his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means deceiver. Israel means one who wrestles with God. And I'm telling you, that type of tenacity is the tenacity that it takes. The tenacity that I had that you can have was, Father, I have to hear your voice. I'm staying in this prayer place. I'm staying in my journal. I'm staying on my face in this back room until you speak to me, until I hear your voice. I will not get up. I will not eat. I won't go to the bathroom. I won't go anywhere. You have to reveal yourself to me. You have to speak to me. That's the type of tenacity that I cultivated in my young, uh, late teens and early 20s to begin to develop this relationship that was conversational. And I've already shown you in scripture where Jesus said that the Holy Spirit himself would speak to you and and you would hear him. There's a conversational opportunity that you have with the heavenly father, but you have to be the one to wrestle with him, 
to be disciplined, to say, I'm going to get back in his presence no matter what happens. I'm telling you, the craziest thing was for me is that when I deserved him the least, because I had this discipline of, of, of going into his presence on a daily basis, I would have a really bad day and I would be convinced God doesn't even want to see me today because I blew it so bad yesterday. But in my shame, I would crawl back into his presence and he would meet me there and he would speak to me and he would reveal himself to me when I didn't deserve it because I was such a Pharisee. I felt like everything was what I would earn from him. And it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with how good he is, not how good you are. That's your heavenly father. So wrestle with him. For me personally, my prayer journal is my number one thing. I have, a, I have at this point, 20 years of them. And I literally, I write my prayers. I write my prayers like they're love letters to God. I tell God how much I love him, all the stuff that's in my heart to him. All, I literally write him a love letter. And then I begin to talk to him and write out all the stuff I'm dealing with, what I need help with, what I need him to speak to me about. And then I'll literally write something like this. Now, God, I'm just going to shut up and I just need to hear your voice. I need you to speak to me. And I'll sit there and I'll wait. I'm like, I got all day. Might as well speak. Nothing else more important than this. And I've cultivated now after 20 something years of that habit, I've cultivated a relationship where the second I want to hear from him, he'll start speaking. It's just, it's just, it's experience. It's discipline. And it's come to the place now, in the very beginning, it, when I would hear God, it would be one word or three words or a phrase, sometimes a sentence. But as I documented and documented and documented, I've had moments where literally I'll be asleep, dead asleep, and I'll wake up from sleep and I'll hear the voice, get up, I want to talk to you. And he'll get up and he'll go in there and I'll grab my journal and he'll just start talking. I'm, I'm talking page after page after page after page after page. Guys, that's how this church got planted. It's all in my journal. That's what gives me confidence because I know I've heard him. And if I know I've heard him, I know I can't be stopped because it's on him. It has nothing to do with how good I am. Guys, I am flawed. He's good. He's perfect. So if I've heard him, I won't make a single decision. I won't sell a house. I won't make an investment. I won't hire a person and I won't fire a person. You better believe anyone that comes or goes from this place, I've heard God on it. Because it's the most important thing. And if I haven't heard God, nothing's happening. We are waiting till he speaks. Because we build our lives with his words. Amen? Amen? Come on, he wants you to have that. It just comes down to every day, every day, Father, I gotta, I gotta connect with you. I gotta connect with you. That's the habit. Don't make it religious. Don't make it legalistic. Just make it disciplined. Just, I gotta be in your presence. I gotta experience you. you gotta, and, and, and stop talking yourself out of it. You are his sheep. You do hear his voice. I know I went long today, but that's okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to reveal yourself to your kids. Reveal yourself to your kids. Speak to them. They are your sheep. They do hear your voice. They will not follow a stranger. Holy Spirit, lead them. Lead them, lead them, lead them. In the name of Jesus. Pray this with me across the room and even online. Pray this with me. Say, Father, I want to know you. I don't want to be religious. I want a relationship. Jesus, come into my life on a deeper level. 
Reveal yourself to me. Fill me anew with your Holy Spirit. Teach me to hear your voice and to follow. I want to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part. We're going to continue this series for the rest of this month. Um, and we're just grateful for you. Thank you so much for being a part of this church. Uh, you, God and you are what make this church so great. Amen. Amen. Tyler, come on, take us away.